Hey guys, welcome back to Season 2, Episode 2, another solo podcast today. Um, the reason behind this one is because I'm pretty uh, specific with who I want to have on my podcast. Like, I'm not just going to have someone on just because I have something to talk about. So, I wanted to do more solo episodes so that um, I can get stuff out that I want to talk about without having to, you know, look for a guest and organize the time, blah, blah, blah. Because, like I said, I'm not just going to have someone on for the sake of it. I really like the people who I pick to have on my podcast and I'm pretty specific about it. Um, so today I want to cover a couple of things. I want to talk about uh, building a base. I want to talk about uh, the USAPL A coming to Australia and why it's such a terrible name. <laughs> um, and I also wanted to talk about, uh, there was a third thing. What was the third thing? I had a note here. Oh, how to know if you're training hard enough. So first thing I want to go over is building your base. And I think this is so important um, for a few, a few reasons, obviously. Uh, but as a new lifter, you're exposed to uh, so many new stimuluses, right? And your body is like, holy shit, this is so new to me. I need to adapt, right? But it can adapt very, very quickly. So you'll see new people get into powerlifting and, you know, they, they start getting stronger, which is awesome. That's why we all do it. But there's a very, very, very big difference between starting out in powerlifting and being good at powerlifting, right? Unless you're a natural uh, gifted lifter and a lot of us aren't. Um, a lot, most people, the average person, isn't a super, super gifted lifter. So what I've been noticing lately is like, I go on Instagram or I get sent a post into a group chat or whatever and it's like some guy, you know, who weighs like 60 kilos um, and he's doing like, one set of competition bench, RP7, set of four, with a percentage back down, and then with like hyper-specific accessories like, I don't know, single arm, like feet up, shoulder press, and like all this stuff. And when I think like what has got me, you know, I would say I'm relatively good at bench. When I think back and what, what has got me to where I am today with bench, I think like, and it's hard to remember when I started, I was just training as hard as I possibly could. Like, we would go in, we would bench two times a week maybe, and when it came to accessories, we just did like to failure, shoulder press, machine press, tricep extensions, like literally everything we did was basically to failure. And I think that's attributed a lot to my bench progression. At least I have a pretty solid base. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I didn't start with a solid base. I started with, you know, a 40 kilo bench press. So what is that, like 85 pounds or something. But anyway... I see like very, very specific training in lifters who are like below 70 kilos, below a year of training experience, um, or someone who's like six foot tall, weighs like 75 kilos, and they're doing like hyper-specific bench press programming. They've got like uh, a bunch of competition squats and sumo deadlifts. And I think like building a base has become so overlooked now because people have access to, they have access to kilo plates. They have access to like all of this palleting information on the internet. But what they don't realize is like now that palleting has gotten so big, they've been exposed to it. But the lifters before them and, and before my, my time as well came from, let's go into the gym and get biggest, like biggest fuck basically. That's all we want to do. And then these people discovered powerlifting after a few years of, you know, taking jacked formula and just smashing a bro workout basically and i think this is an issue for a lot of reasons is now that these lifters come into the sport and i love the growth of the sport don't get me wrong but if you're a new lifter you need to build your base 
for a, a number of reasons. But if you ask any good lifter, like I've spoken to a lot of the best junior powerlifters on this podcast, you can go back and listen to any episode. Every single one of them is like, oh yeah, I trained in the gym in high school or, you know, uh, I was introduced to powerlifting in high school or, you know, I would go and do squat bench and deadlift for a few years and I only found powerlifting a few, a few years later. And every single one of them, not a single one of them, sorry, said, yeah, I started powerlifting in my first day in the gym. Like not, not any of them, none of them. Every single one of them was like, yeah, we used to train in high school with my buddies or, you know, I trained like a bro sprit for a few years and then got into powerlifting later. Like every single one of them had this base that I'm talking about and now they're all really good powerlifters. And another reason that this is becoming such an issue is obviously burnout and I'll get to burnout. But when we talk about building a base, like I mean like specifically getting into the gym and it's cool if you want to do powerlifting because I love powerlifting, we all do. But have a goal outside of your SPD numbers. It's like I would like I would much prefer to recommend someone to just have like a a goal for like, you know, amount of muscle they should gain in a year or like body weight gain. So like if I, you know, I've, I've had some guys who like barely train and they're like, oh, I want to get into powerlifting. I'm like, that's awesome. I love powerlifting and I encourage you to do it too. But you've got another big, oh, you know, what should I aim for? And I'm like, you should aim to dumbbell press as heavy as you can this year for like 10 reps. You should aim to, you know, further your knowledge on like how to do accessories. You should, you know, watch YouTube and find out like, what people are recommending and because again like I've seen people doing like literally weigh like 75 kilos doing like 120 kilo like hook grip sumo deadlift top singles like males you know and I just think like at that point if you're struggling to progress that early on it's because you didn't have a base before it and I think it plays in with social media now where the, there's the instant gra- instant gratification of posting to the internet and you get likes and like TikTok, you can blow up basically. Like I've seen a lot of TikToks where it's like some guy who is weighing over his head talking about how he's a beast and an alpha for benching like two plates. And it's like, it ties back into this, you know, posting for like, sorry, lifting for social media and that sort of thing. It's like, unfortunately, a lot of people do lift for social media now, but it all comes back to that foundation. And like I said, all the best powerlifters that I've spoken to or that I know or I'm friends with, they all had a base. So you have people get on, you know, hyper-specific powerlifting programs straight away. Don't do it. Go to the gym, get jacked for a year and a half, two years, as long as you possibly can, get as big as you can. That's the, the best advice to a beginner is, sure, train those lifts, train them once a week bench twice a week but your number one goal your main goal should be getting as big as you possibly can learning what accessories are good learning how to do them ask someone at your gym you know there's plenty of videos online how to do accessories find out what n1 education is like better your knowledge in terms of hypertrophy and get as big as you possibly can because what i keep seeing is lifters like joining powerlifting again arching sumo low bar squats very, very little muscle mass. And that's fine because we all start somewhere. And I, like I said, I love powerlifting. But all of their energy goes towards SPD and they're gaining like 10 kilos in their squat in like six months, in like the first year of their lifting. 
because 10 kilos on your squat in six months when you squat 270 that's pretty good but it's it's you know when you squat 110 kilos and you're gaining very little like little amounts as a male in your first year there's something going wrong a lack of i honestly think it's a lack of guidance there's because oh, i mean you see on instagram you see like russ hitting heavy singles and everyone hitting heavy singles on instagram and it looks sick it looks fun like there's all that engagement but if you're a beginner it's uh i think better suited to your long-term progression that you build a foundation and i very very specifically mean muscle mass because like if you're doing uh two plate squat singles as a male in your first year that's fine but like you will progress so much faster if you just do volume volume on your across your spd train hypertrophy as much as you can train five six days a week eat as much as you can keep your protein high train hard um because then again links to like like i said before burnout where um this sort of thing goes you know people jump into powerlifting singles early on in their career uh lifting career and then it's like bro i didn't do a single I didn't do a competition single in my off season for like three years or four years of training. Not a single one, not even one. And only recently have I done singles. And and I was obviously a very individual, but like if you're new to the gym, don't walk in, hop on a program that has like bench squat singles, deadlift singles. Do some volume, do like three sets of eight, like and do that for six months and get as big as you possibly can. Because... There's two things that I think it can lead to, like most prominently, and the first one is injury, um, because you get because you can get relatively strong if you like. Don't get me wrong. If you run a good powerlifting program with very little muscle mass, you will get strong, and you probably get strong quite quickly because it's a new stimulus to you. Uh, but then what will happen is you'll get injured or something like that because your strength, your numbers will go up a lot quicker than your tendons and ligaments can adjust to load. So obviously your body will adapt very, very quickly to the stimulus. Uh, but unfortunately, sometimes we get a little bit of ahead of ourselves and we can get injured very early on because we didn't have our base. And then down the line as well, do you want to, if you actually want to be a really good powerlifter, you need to have a base. And like, I'll see people kind of talk about, yeah, I want to be a powerlifter. I want to be a really good powerlifter. And then they like, don't train their accessories. And I know I've said this a heap of times, but if you like seriously want to be good at the sport, you would be doing everything you possibly could. You'd be making sure you got your sleep. You'd be making sure you hit your macros all the time. You'd be training accessories as hard as you could. You'd be tracking accessories. You'd be consistently reviewing technique. You would be talking to your coach as much as they let you, like getting as much information as you can. You would, you know, you could pay for information, like uh, education courses to become a better lifter. Like there are a million things that you can do to be a better lifter. And I think people get a little bit too keen, which is awesome. It's good that people love powerlifting and they want to get into it. Um, but really, at the end of the day, you won't get that far if um, if you're not coming from something in powerlifting. So I think it's very, very important uh, that we encourage newer lifters to get off competition singles, get off competition triples, do some volume, do a five by five, like do a five by five every week for six weeks, have an easy week, do it again for six weeks. Like you will make progress off basically anything. I could give you any rep range, you'd make progress. Um, 
and even and this issue of like specificity and hyper specificity goes into even like intermediate lifters and obviously it's pretty necessary for advanced lifters but even intermediate lifters you know they overhype it a little bit too you know you don't need to do competition bench singles all year round and sue me like you, you don't need to do comp singles all year round it just unless you have like a seriously huge arch you can afford to take off two to three months of the year four months of the year and, and without singles right if you're a conventional puller if you squat high bar if you bench without an arch like those three specifically you probably don't need to do singles because you're probably not that technical you probably just use muscle mass right but again with these uh lifters even intermediate with hyper specificity and they you can lose your base like you can slack off on accessories like you, let's say you come from a base you get to an intermediate level and you don't work to obtain like to sustain that base like you'll lose it like you've got to be doing all of these things that we spoke about consistently to get past that level so i think again people will you know they build their base they get through their beginner phase they get to their intermediate phase and then all of a sudden they get you know relatively strong and awesome but then they start slacking off on accessories they oh no it'll be fine they get this like it'll be fine attitude towards training and that's cool if you don't want to be a good at powerlifting but when i when i say these things i'm speaking as if you listening you want to be a really really good powerlifter so if you don't want like if you don't have goals that's completely fine it's then this isn't for you like this conversation is not for you but if you have goals within powerlifting then these are things that you should be like paying attention to like i imagine and and, and don't get me wrong i don't do this stuff but you could you could go into the gym you could record, like you could do every warm-up that your coach gave you, you know, if you have like an imbalance or an injury, you go through every single warm-up, you'd make sure you're properly warmed up, you would have already hit your sleep goals, you would have already hit some macros before the gym, you would record most, if not all of your warm-up sets for SBD, you'd be watching them back in between sets, you'd send your last warm-up to your coach, you know, you'd record your top sets from different angles, like these are things you can do if you really want to be a good powerlifter, you would hit all your accessories in the range that your coach gave you or close to failure. And you go home, hit your macro sleep and basically do it all over again. But a lot of people don't want to do that. And that's, again, like I said, that's cool if you don't want to be a good powerlifter. But we've got to keep, you got to work to sustain that base that you built. And it's not going to magically just stay around forever just because you got past your beginner phase. So while this conversation that I'm having right now is mostly for newer lifters. You need to be able to work and continue to work as a better lifter to sustain what you already built. And I don't know, I think I just lately, I've seen some posts or some stuff that kind of, I don't know, compelled me to talk about this. Another thing is, oh, this is obviously a good one as well, is steroid psalms and equipped lifting or uh, classic lifting as they call it. No one should be doing psalms, ever. Steroids, you should have like 10 years of training and want to compete. In, unless you want to be a world-level bodybuilder, don't take steroids. Because nobody cares about untested powerlifting either. Um, so, I don't know. Stay natty, unless you want to be a bodybuilder. Never take psalms. The third thing, what did I say? Oh, uh, classic lifting. With classic lifting see kids getting into like raps and stuff real early in their, in their lifting career. And it's like, I don't know, I haven't done a study on who gets injured and when, but I'd have to imagine 
you, let's say you have a 200 kilo squat sleeves and you get into wrap or even let's say even less let's like whatever 180 let's say you get into into wraps what happens a year down the line when you're squatting you know however much because wraps as much as people love to say they don't they add a lot to your squat and all of a sudden your tendons ligaments haven't haven't caught up but you're squatting like 280 kilos but you have the tendon strength of like a 220 squatter like when do you get hurt so I don't know again and this is not something I've thought about much but if I was going to get into that I would want to have a really really solid base um, and in terms of muscle mass like mainly muscle mass you would want a serious amount of muscle mass you'd want to have a pretty good total already before you hopped into I guess sleeves or any type of like I mean I'm not even going to go into equipped lifting because I don't care at all about it but I think there's another thing that people kind of forget it's like oh instant gratification same with social media I'll get into wraps or I'll whatever I'll pull on pound plates or whatever and it's like yeah I mean at first these things are easier and they may, might be more fun for you but if you really want to be a good powerlifter be patient people hate to hear that you have to be patient and I don't know I just see people I've seen like I've only been in powerlifting for two years and I've seen so many people fall off like that I knew personally or that like I followed closely and they fall off and you'd be like oh what happened to you know, this guy, that guy was like, oh, they were injured and they quit or, oh, they got sick of it or like, and it's as much as I will do anything for my total within reason, I don't live and breathe powerlifting. And I think that's where some people fall off is they get too attached to the gym. It's like you could be doing everything right and still live a life outside of powerlifting, which is obviously the most sustainable thing. But some people like, you know, like the, the guys that I see, you know, and I love powerlifting as much as the next guy, but the guys that I see like, buying every SPD singlet that comes out, buying like all of the new equipment and all of the new pre and like all that stuff. It's like, man, like surely, surely you can detach a little bit from the gym just like for your own mental health. Like just pump the brakes a bit. Like, you know, I think people go a little bit too hard, a little bit too fast. Uh, and that can lead to obviously injury, but it can lead to burnout. And I think at this point, like burnout is much more prominent than injury itself because what happens usually is people get injured and then burn out. But I think like, oh, maybe no, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe injury is a lot more common, but I think they go hand in hand. Like they get, people start getting a little bit burnt out. They're not recovering as well because, you know, mentally taxed and all of a sudden, boom, injury or the other way around where it's like we get this injury for whatever reason and then, oh, I don't have enough patience for rehab. I don't have enough patience to like, you know, work with a physio and I, I'll just go into bodybuilding. And when people say, I want to go into bodybuilding, it means I'm injured. I don't want to lift heavy. I just want to look good, which is cool too. Um, but again, like I said, this conversation is for like people who really want to do everything they can to get better. Um, and that's not everybody, which is cool. I think I'm at the end of that topic. I think I went off, off track and probably rambled a bit. Just bear with me because this is my first solo podcast with no notes. Uh, as you probably could tell by the, the rambling. Um, I want to do more of these, like I said, with no script, basically just off the top of my head kind of thing. Um, topic number two, just zoom in here. Uh, topic number two, if that focuses, was the USAPLA, which is for you guys that don't know in America, or if you're in Australia and you don't know, the USAPL is coming to Australia. Um, for what reason, I am not sure. 
I have some pretty strong opinions about um, the federations that we have currently. Obviously, ooh, that's too close. Uh, obviously, I compete under the IPL, which is uh, the uh, APL. So IPL is the World Federation, and Australia has the APL, which is the Australian Powerlifting Federation. We lift on a deadlift bar. Uh, you can bench with your heels up. So same as same as USPA. Uh, recently, you guys would have known that the thing with Robert Wilkes happened. Uh, so PA is basically split. Nobody wants to compete in PA anymore. Um, that leaves APU the APL, uh, and GPC. Now, GPC, I don't, I, I never hear much about it. Um, but anyway, that's not the point. Currently, we have basically the equivalent of the USAPL, and we have the equivalent of the USPA in APU and APL, right? So APU is our stiff bar, IPF federation. Uh, APL is our IPL, bendy bar, USPA federation. Uh, and, and at the moment, I think the biggest issue with uh, our stiff bar, our IPF fed, is a lot of complaining from people who compete in the sport that don't give back to the sport. So for example, I go and help out at every comp that my gym has, or if I can, right? And, and, and I don't complain about our fed because I love our fed. But if I had an issue, if I, let's say I was in the APU, and I'm not naming names, but there are some people in the APU and all they do basically is complain about the, the, the federation. They complain about the quality of it. And then you say, okay, well, what are you doing to help? Oh, nothing. It's like, okay, well, every state needs a head like a president. There is a, there's a president in every state. If you want to help, reach out. All of these people are on Instagram. You can find out relatively easily who's running comps in your area. Reach out. Can I donate like chairs, can I donate, can I come and ref, can I come and spot? And I think there's a lot of complaining about the quality of the federations in Australia and nobody's giving back. These people got to realize that we aren't, like the AP, APU, for example, I'm not even a part of it, so I don't have any bias. I don't care about the Fed, but like it's individuals running competitions. Well, I'm lucky in my federation that Thomas Lilly runs a lot of our feds and he has the resources infinite basically because he's done such a great job setting up zero weakness, setting up helping with the APL. So he isn't a good uh, example because he has the resources of like a Lico, basically. They can just, he can get it done. But in the APU, it's a lot smaller organizations in different states trying to run these meets and I have a point here. I'm going to get back to the USAPL, believe me. But the, the reason that USAPL is coming is because people weren't happy with the APU, blah, blah, blah. That's the point of the story. But with the APU, the IPF Federation, it's meets all over Australia and people complaining all the time about this and that. But it's they're not giving back. So the same people who are complaining about the quality of the meets aren't helping to improve them. And I don't know if there's any logic there that I'm missing. Um, but if I had an issue with my fed and I don't, but if I did, I would be doing everything I could to make it better. And I would do that for a while. And if I didn't see any improvement, you know, if I didn't, you know, see, see like uh, other people join in and like the Federation was like, okay, they're helping us now. We'll give more back. We can try to figure out better ways to improve. Then I would be like, okay, I've done my part for this Federation. It hasn't improved where we wanted it to. They ha haven't listened to us. Then I'd leave.
right? But you have, ba- but from what I've seen, basically people go into the APU, they compete one or two times. Oh my God, the warm-up room sucked. Um, the, the, the comp was run slow. There was a misload. It's like, bro, it's run by people like you. It's just run by someone who works five days a week on a Saturday, Friday night, sets up the competition, Saturday runs the competition all day. Sunday, they'll be in bed, written off, and back to work the next day. These aren't like people living the high life who just come in, take your money to compete, run the comp half ass and just leave. Like these are real people too. And the issue with, my issue with the USAPL coming to Australia is one, we don't need another federation. We have, we had, well, PA still exists, but I don't, you know, it's gone a bit bust. PA still exists. We have the APU, we have the APL, we have GPC, and then we have comps like Pro Raw. We have, um, I don't know when the last big dogs was, but like we have plenty of competitions. We have plenty of feds. The sport isn't even that big here. Um, there is like more people competing in, oh, that's not even, I was going to say Texas, but Texas is the biggest, you know, home of powerlifting basically. But like powerlifting Australia is very small. We don't need a fourth, fourth or fifth federation. We don't. America has like two prominent federations, which is the USPA or yeah, USPA, USAPL. And then they have their um, equip lifting, which is huge over there. Equip lifting isn't big here. Um, so that's kind of irrelevant. But I think that what's going to happen, USAPL comes here. Now we have an extra federation. It's just going to divide the APU even more, which was already divided with PA. So now we have our um, natty stiff bar lifters split up between PA, APU, and USAPL for whatever reason. Um, and then you have obviously tested and untested lifters who just want to compete on the deadlift bar like myself tested, but deadlift bar and you, uh, APU, APL, sorry. So we have basically four leading federations when the USAPLA arrives, four feds plus GPC, which is untested, plus competitions like, uh, Pro Raw. So that's once a year. So you have like four feds, other big money meets, major meets all across Australia. And we don't even have that many powerlifters here. So like the federations, you know, for example, APU, there was like one or two lifters at the top of each weight class who are really, really competitive. And then no one else below them. It's not like we had stacked weight classes. We don't have like for, I'm thinking off the top of my head, the 83 class in uh, the USAPL, like uh, Aiden and Sean and um, Dan, uh, what's his name? Anyway, they have a stacked class of like eight to 10 lifters who who are all like very, very close. Angelo, all really close in totals. We don't have that here. We don't have, like we don't even have one federation that's stacked with people in terms of numbers, but also in terms of like totals. Like we don't have one fed that has a a bunch of really good lifters. It's spread out already. So why are we bringing the USAPL to Australia? I have no idea. Um, I actually know the guy who is helping run it and I love him. He's a great guy and I'd love to talk to him about it. Uh, There's absolutely nothing against him or any, like I don't have any biases or anything. I'm just speaking purely in terms of my opinion and what I already see in Australia. And I just think why, why split up lifters even more who in the first place didn't have that much competition. Like off the top of my head, there was two years ago during COVID or before COVID or whatever, there was 
number number one at 83 and then my coach number two and then below them there was like basically nobody else so like the total there was a massive difference in the totals and that's in like our biggest fed one of our biggest feds palatine is so small we don't need another one it's basically the whole point of the story um but I, I did hear a funny, I had someone tell me, uh, the quote was, the only people who care, the only people who are going to the USAPL are people who care about Instagram. And I thought that was funny because obviously there is a, you know, and I'm a big fan of powerlifting in America. Obviously that's, if you want to watch powerlifting, you watch America because that's where it is. Um, and you know, I'm, a, I'm friends with a lot of people in the USAPL and all this stuff. Um, but I couldn't care less about it coming here. Like, I don't care. Like, the name means nothing to me. I lift in a federation with people that I, I like, underneath people that I like. It's like, I definitely think that, like, while I don't agree with that quote fully, like, of course, there's other reasons to go. But I think it's so funny that, like, there will be some people who swap federations out of a perfectly good fed into whatever USAPLA, as they're calling it, just because oh, this guy competes in the USAPL America, so I want to I want to compete in it here. And I guess that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's funny, one of the main selling points, and the USAPL Australia is not using this as a selling point. I just know it is being one of the reasons that people are going. It's just because it's the same one that America has. Like, you don't have, you don't converse anyone from America. You just are in a federation that was named after them. Um and yeah, I think the name itself was a bit of a funny choice. Having United States of America piloting Australia. I don't know. That just makes me think even more so that they're bringing it here as like a copycat thing because why not just take USA out of it? You could just have, I don't know, a different acronym, but that's not the point anyway. Uh, we'll see though. I did in a in a, in a podcast with one of my first like 15 episodes with Josh Takua, you can go back and hear me predict that a lot of people are going to be leaving APU and PA. And I said this a year ago, way before USAPL uh, Australia was uh, announced. I said it a year back. I said, there's going to be a mass exodus. I use those words uh, from PA and APU. And now that's happening. Uh, APL has like tripled in size over Christmas. We've had, you know, obviously the USAPL coming. So, I did call it, so pretty on the money with my prediction, but yeah, I called it. I didn't want it to happen, but I did call it, uh, and I guess we'll see what the USAPL does here. I know they're in the hands of, like I said, some really cool lifters, some really nice people. I have absolutely nothing against the people running it or the Federation itself. I just think it's not what Australia needs right now. Uh, more than anything, we need less federations. We need one tested federation, uh, sorry, one stiff bar fed and one deadlift bar fed tested in the stiff bar fed, obviously. And then you have your tested and untested categories in the un, in the deadlift bar federation. And we only need that many because we only have like a few thousand powerlifters here. There would be, I don't know what, like f five to 10,000 powerlifters in Australia. Texas probably has like 50,000 or something ridiculous like that. So I don't know. We definitely need more unity if anything. We don't need an extra fed. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I probably should have someone on who knows what they're doing. It's being, and, and should I, I'll add that the, the, the gyms that are running the USAPL comps are very good at what they do. So when USAPL gets here, it's going to be run very well, I'm sure. 
And again, like now I just had a thought, why don't, why doesn't everybody leave PA and APU and just go to the USAPL? That would be perfectly fine too, because then we would still have two prominent federations. But I think what you're going to have is lifters spread out from PA that don't want to leave for whatever reason, APU that just see the USAPL as a mirror image of what they already have and why would they leave? It's the exact same thing. So you're going to have these natty, stiff bar lifters spread across three feds for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, But yeah, hopefully they can do something cool with it. They are, the first few comps are at really, really good gyms with really good meet directors and USAPL is going to be, it is going to be a great federation. I just don't think we need it at all. Um, We don't even have enough for the federations that we have currently, Uh, but it will be really exciting to see what they can do. And I will, I'm more than happy to say I was wrong if it turns out to be really, really good and it helps powerlifting Australia grow. If so, I will take it back and I'll, you know, I will say that I was wrong, um, but I don't see it happening, honestly. Um, but yeah, I guess the only thing we can do is just wait and see, basically. Uh, and yeah, I guess um, I guess that's my whole opinion on that topic. Um, what was the third thing? It was, uh, oh, how do you know if you're training hard enough? This is a bit of a loaded question because it can be hard to know if you're training hard enough for a number of reasons. Uh, for example, not getting sore and people think oh, I'm not getting sore. Like I mustn't be training hard enough. Not necessarily. Um, soreness is just like, well, DOMS is just basically your body telling you, Hey, this is kind of like a new thing. We're getting used to it. Just hang on. So you'll try a new accessory and you're really sore the next day. And then six weeks later, do the same accessory. You're not sore anymore. So soreness is a terrible indicator of training hard enough. Um, I think there's probably some really, really specific uh, indicators. So for example, like if you could talk during your heavy set of accessories, probably not training hard enough. If you can, if you're not out of breath, out of, after like a heavy set of, you know, for example, deadlifts or something less taxing. Like if you're not out of breath after a really, really heavy set of like 12, 15 kilo, uh, 15 rep, you know, saying like dumbbell presses or RDLs or like, you know, it should be out of breath. Um, there's other little things like, like, uh, immediate soreness. So like, you know, finishing up your workout, you got a sick pump. Awesome. Probably trained hard enough. Um, you know, I know that I, in fact, waddle to my car after leg day. So little things like that, you could probably use as indicators. You could have a look around you in your gym, see everyone else, uh, you know, have a look. I, oh, I know I train harder than him or that person. That person's here for longer than me and they actually, you know, they're really particular with what they do. Maybe they're training harder than maybe Maybe I should talk to them. Um, you obviously have uh, an aspect where you could be training hard to, or too hard doing the wrong thing. So absolutely smashing your RDLs to an RP15 like right after deadlifts or, you know, a couple of days before deadlifts, maybe not a good idea. Depends. So you got to you got to attack it from a lot of different, uh, you know, areas. I think another thing would be, you know, look at your progress. You're not progressing. Okay. Are you injured? No. So why aren't you progressing? Do you sleep? Yes. Awesome. Do you eat right? Yes. Cool. What's left? What left is there? Do you have a really hard job? No. Okay. We ticked off all the boxes. Could literally be that you just aren't training hard enough. 
and obviously, you know, progression slows down the more you lift. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think the majority of people who listen to my podcast are intermediate or beginners. I mean, I've had some great lifters who listen. I'm going to say majority are intermediates or below. Progress should be, you should be seeing noticeable progress every few months. There's like no excuse, basically. You should be, unless you're injured, unless you have a crazy life, uh, you know, there's a, there's a few factors. But I think a lot of the time, a lack of progression will come down to this exact reason. And it could be a lack of guidance too. You could be training hard in the wrong areas, uh, on the wrong days for the wrong reasons, blah, blah, blah. And that could come down to the way that you're coached. Um, but for the most part, I, I honestly think a lack of progress does boil down to how hard are you training you know, do you skip your last set of backoffs on deadlifts because you're tired or because you've, you know, not timed your session properly and you have to go to the movies? So like, like little things like how often are you skipping sets? How often are you skipping the last exercise in your accessories? Are you really going to failure? Do you even know what failure is on an exercise? Like, can you, like, you know, I, I coach face-to-face as well and clients will literally fail a set of leg extensions in front of me and I'll go, no, five more or whatever, two more, three more. And I put my hand on the machine and I press on it or it looks like I'm pressing on it and I don't press at all, but they think that I'm helping them and they get another three reps out or four reps out. So failure itself is a tricky thing because do you really know what failure is? Probably not. Or you, or you don't go there often enough. Like you need to remind yourself like a, a multiple times a block or like once a week or a few times a month, Go to failure on certain exercises and remind yourself, go to true failure, have a gym partner with you, get him to push you, get him to help you a little bit and really go to failure and just remind yourself what it's like. Because like I said, yeah, these people think they've failed and then you pretend to help them and you don't even help them at all and they get a few more reps out. So I think that's a massive part of it is, yeah, obviously accessories. Um and if you listen to my podcast with Alan, you could you could track accessories. But I think, you know, there is obviously a lot of misinformation. There are some coaches who, you know, maybe aren't the best for some lifters. And that's all right. That will never be the lifter's fault, really. Um, but if you can honestly tick off, you sleep well, you eat well, you don't have that hard of a job. You know, if you have a hard job, you got to work around it and progress can be slower. I'm fortunate that I don't work manual labor, so I don't have that issue. But, you know, I so when I look at my training, like I'll go through a checklist for myself. Do I sleep well? Yes. Consistently seven to eight hours a night. Do I eat well? Yes. Consistently track five to seven days a week. On the days I don't track, I do the math in my head. Like I'm relatively good at that now. Um, I follow the program to a T. Awesome. I'm not injured. Perfect. So if I wasn't progressing, it would literally just come down to I'm not training hard enough. Because I know, I mean, I trust my coach 100%. And, and that could be a reason that, like I said, you're not getting the proper guidance. But if you know you're getting the right guidance and you think, you know, you really trust your coach and um, you've spoken to some other people and they agree or whatever, it might just come down to not training hard enough. So train with, you know, reach out to someone at your gym who's been doing it for a lot longer than you. Hey, mate, can we train at the same time next time? I want to do my accessories with you. Go through the accessories with them. Go to failure. Get some advice on how to execute them. Um... But yeah, I think, I think this, I think largely it comes down to like the idea of training hard or, uh, I think social media has like promoted this idea of like suffering is like cool. 
So you'll see like someone on TikTok or Instagram who is like, yeah, you know, it'd be like some weird like beast mode music. And it's like, yeah, we out here grinding. It's like midnight and all this stuff. And it's like, bro, if your job, if you have it, if like one day a week you have a shift and you have to train at midnight, just do it the next day. Like, unless your job is like that consistently, like little things like it's not cool to suffer. Like, of course, I'm not putting down anyone who is going through some, like a hard time. Like, obviously persevering is so important, but it's like become like this thing where it's like, yeah, I'm grinding. Yeah, gym is so hard. And like, I'm pushing myself to failure. And, and I think the bar and what I'm trying to say, I think the bar has been lowered for like what training hard is for what quote unquote suffering is. If you're suffering because you have to eat 4,000 calories a day, you're not suffering. That's not suffering. If you think that is suffering, you've never, probably never gone through something hard. You go through stuff in your life and you realize, oh, just because I've got to go and eat my last meal, it's not suffering and it's not cool to suffer and hate that. If you hate that, don't do it. Um, but yeah, I think the bar has been lowered as to what like training really hard is and being a really good lifter. The bar has most certainly been lowered. The more powerlifting grows, the more like the easier it is basically to, to, to quote unquote work really hard. Um, and I see it all the time. I see, I like, I literally see and, and I'll see people come into the gym and train bench, do dumbbell presses, do some curls and leave. And it's like, that's cool. That's fine. And I'm not, you know, these people, I like these people a lot, but I'm just saying, I know it happens so often. And then people will be like, Oh, why am I not progressing? And it's like, well, you didn't record any of your sets. You didn't sleep last night. You didn't eat. You didn't get your steps in. You didn't train your accessories hard. And it's like, at the end of the day, there's a checklist. And if you can honestly check every single box, you're doing everything right. I don't know. Might just be in time for a new coach or something. But I don't think many people will ever check off everything on the list. And I think the ones that do are either amazing lifters already and are progressing or they're lying. So if you check every single box, you're either probably a really good lifter now or going to be or you're lying about one of them or two of them. Um, but yeah, that's my two cents for um, training hard and the USAPLA. And what was the first thing we spoke about? Building a base. I hope I wasn't too ranty and didn't go too, too much off topic. I tried to not repeat myself, which I probably did a few times. Um, I really enjoy solo podcasting because I tend to talk fast and I tend to need to get thoughts out pretty quickly. Um, and obviously with a guest, you can't, don't get me, I love the guests that I've had on and I'll, I will continue to do more podcasts with guests. But, you know, being from Australia, there's the time difference and blah, blah, blah. It can get complicated. So with me working more now, working in the mornings, I can't do as many podcasts. And obviously I've been gone for a while because my laptop was broken. But uh, now I've got a bit more time or I'm better at time management. I'm going to do some more solo episodes. Um I would love some topic ideas. So I you know, haven't had a, a good chance to think about what I'll talk about, but I'll basically just jot down things that come to my mind and talk about stuff I enjoy because like, I have a platform to talk about things I enjoy. I'm going to use it. I love to talk about lifting. Um, so I'll continue to do it. Uh, if you listen to this and got this far, reach out to me. Just let me know, hey, I enjoyed that episode because it, um, it does mean a lot to me. But also it does actually show me that people are making it to the end and they do enjoy it the whole way through. So reach out, send me a DM 
you just be like, hey, made it to the end, let me know. Because um, I want to keep doing more of these if they do well. The last one did relatively well and that was just me talking about myself. Uh, so yeah, let me know if you enjoyed it. If you have stuff you want me to talk about, want me to cover, let me know, send me a DM. Uh, if not, I'll catch you guys in the next episode.